I'm excited to announce that I'll be the MC of Design XL, a new design conference taking place November 9th in beautiful Pensacola, Florida. Design XL is the Florida Panhandle's first design conference. Join me in this beach town as they feature both local and national talent to excel your skills, grow your network, and further your design education. Tickets are on sale now at designxl.org. And early bird pricing will get you all access for a limited low price of $129 for professionals and $75 for students. In addition to the day of conference, there will be a pre-party mixer on the night of November 8th. Visit designxl.org for all the details on speakers, workshops, and more. Welcome to Feasting on Design. I'm your host, Jason Frostholm. Today, I'm talking with Kyle Courtright, founder of Logo Wave. We chat about picking up and moving to Albuquerque shortly after college with no job lined up, going to work in a non-design company while building his freelance business, finding business by focusing on SEO on his website as a way to drive traffic to it, and the how and why behind him starting LogoWave, plus a whole lot more. Kyle, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, Jason. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked. I did, I don't think I saw you this past year at Creative South. And then um last year we or the year before, we did a um we did a podcast and the audio got all screwy on it, so it was never able to go out. So I'm glad I'm finally able to, you know, get you back on the mic and uh we can chat. Yeah, yeah. I've been I've been pointing towards this. I'm excited to chat here. And yeah, you're right. I, I wasn't able to go to Creative South last year and uh that was a huge bummer for me because definitely mm. one of the things I look forward to every year. But uh and I've I've gone two years, so uh two consecutive years prior and sure. done the whole logo wave live thing and uh but uh man, yeah, I my my little boy's birthdays happen to land on April twelfth and the sixteenth, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, so that's usually the sweet spot there. But I was I was chatting with Mike and he said that it's going to be earlier this year and yep. up on that early bird ticket and I'm already already got my ticket punched for for next year. Yeah, yeah, because this if we if we had done Creative South like we normally do, it would have fallen on Easter weekend. So yes, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> you so think you'll be there? I I definitely will be there. Okay, I figured you wouldn't miss it, but no, yeah, yeah. I gotta ask. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, unless like something just terrible happens, I will be there. <laughs> or if I win the lottery and just you know have to escape and leave the country for some reason. Well, you can always <laughs> you can always come and and share share all your uh, your lottery money with with all of us at the conference, right? I'm generous. I don't know that I'm that generous. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy I'll buy everybody a drink. I can afford that if I okay, want to. All right. Just <laughs> still have a little bit left over. Exactly, exactly. So so let let's let's dive in and uh kind of get a little bit of your background. How did you get started in the uh world of design? Yes, yes. Um so I I started uh, so I, in going way back, I guess in high school. I I took this computer graphics class, um, mm-hmm. and it was one of the few classes that I wasn't just waiting for the bell uh, to, <laughs> to you know just like waiting waiting for that bell to ring. So sure, I knew there was something there, and you know I loved uh, drawing. I loved art. I always you know applied for all these art contests that we had at the school growing up, and did that whole thing. Uh, my mom was an art teacher. My dad is pharmaceutical sales rep. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, you know, it's funny that this turned into a design business because I feel like uh, a part, I got a little bit of both of them, I guess. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, took this class. was like, man, this is what I want to do. I was one of those rare, I was grateful uh, that I was one of those rare cases where I just kind of knew, um, you know, uh, in high school that this is what I wanted to do. Um got accepted. I applied to four schools up there in the Midwest and got accepted to one. My ACT score is really low. I'm a really bad test taker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, well, uh, I guess, I guess that's an open door. Uh, barely <laughs> got into, uh, to, uh, Indiana Westland university who's actually known for their art program. Oh, cool. Um, and my sister went there. Uh, that was kind of where I wanted to go anyway. So it was kind of a win-win, but, um, yeah, I, I, um, 
took four years there in computer graphics and graphic design. Uh, met my eventual wife um, there right before I was about to graduate. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out here to Albuquerque, New Mexico, started to build a business. And um, I guess I won't get into too much detail from there because there <laughs> might be follow-ups. But yeah, sure. that's kind of the story. Sure. So so are you originally from the Albuquerque area? Is that why you went back? <laughs> How did you end up in Albuquerque from Indiana yeah. Wesleyan? Yeah, that's always the question. Um so I grew up in Columbus, Ohio, uh, with all That's those other <laughs> all those other Columbus people that that you know. Uh, I actually uh, graduated with Slagle. Um, oh, okay. Or sorry, he was in my he went to my same high school. I went to his high school actually. Sure. And because uh, he owned that school, but uh, no, we um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Uh, so Columbus, Ohio, was grew up there for 21 years. Mm-hmm. Um, Went to Indiana Westland. My my uh, soon to be wife was in Indianapolis, and so I moved mm-hmm. down there. Got a um, was lucky enough to get a or blessed enough, I should say, to get a design job uh, right out of college in a really down market. This is in two thousand nine. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah. This that's is when not a when, good time to get a job. <laughs> no, no. And so I was just grateful that I had something, you know, come coming out of college there and. Um, it was a job that um, I got some good experience, uh, but <laughs> you always kind of felt like you had someone looking over your shoulder a little bit, a little sure, bit. Sure, sounds like my first job. Yeah, yeah, uh, but I didn't know any different, right? I didn't have right, any perspective right. on you know, um, you know what what a normal job might look like. But I did make some friendships there and have some lasting relationships from that job. But uh, man, you know, at that point. Uh, me and uh, my wife were feeling uh, a nudge to just kind of get a new start, if you will, and uh, sure. just kind of move out west. And I happen to have some family out here. My sister, brother-in-law, and nephews live out here. So that was the okay. tie to Albuquerque. And and um, so, yeah, that was a long answer. Um, that should have been shorter. <laughs> but, yeah. That's, that's no, 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 no. That, that, that's that's good. It, it gives backstory. <laughs> so so you, you – you finish college, you go through your first job out of college. It's uh, not necessarily your dream job. And uh, you and your, your now wife um, decide to uproot, move to Albuquerque. Was there, when you decided to do that, did you have a job lined up at that point? Or did you decide to kind of go it on your own and then move to um, yeah. New Mexico? Yeah, uh, it was actually a very irresponsible decision, Jason. <laughs> I I did not have anything lined up. Uh, and, you know, um, it was about three months until I did get a design job here in Albuquerque. And that was uh, probably worse than the first. <laughs> so <laughs> A after, little stressful? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, after about, gosh, I want to say three months there. Uh, I was working overtime, just trying to make ends meet. Uh, I was mm-hmm. in a small apartment. You know, we all start at some point and um, really meager, uh, meager living there. We, I remember going out to McDonald's for $1 date night, we would call it. And so it's technically $2. We'd get waters and a burger and that was pretty much it. And if we would splurge, we'd get fries or something. Ooh. But um, yeah, yeah. Watch out. Uh, but I was there for about three or four months and they were uh, a company that it wasn't a design job was offering me a position. And mm-hmm. at the very same time, I was offered a promotion at that company. So I kind of had this to make this decision. Do I work at a company that's um, pretty soul sucking, <laughs> uh, to be honest, uh, and, and, you know, get paid a little bit more or um, work at this, this other job that would be, I know would be better, better environment, but it wouldn't be a design job necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I actually took the non-design job at that point. Um, so what were um, you doing? Yeah. So I worked at a company called faith comes by hearing, um, mm-hmm. where they have, uh, one of the biggest, uh, online, um, I guess, uh, databases of, of Bibles in different languages in the entire world. And so, mm-hmm. um, kind of bringing these, uh, I was in the scripting department. So pretty much I was matching up 
um, the Bible in one language and making sure that it matched up with the printed text and bringing that into digital form. So oh, wow. very, very tedious stuff, as you can imagine, checking yeah. characters. And um, to this day, I think that job kind of helped prepare me to uh, be more detail oriented sure. um, in in this kind of design realm. So, yeah, uh a couple couple jobs later, um, you know, I was I was working or, or one job later, um, I I was working remotely for this company. Mm-hmm. Um, to it's called ERS uh, Event Rental Systems. They pretty much I was doing like landing pages for bounce houses and uh, <laughs> bounce house companies, and it was just so random. I've but d- I've done a few of those sites for some friends. Oh, who man. have uh, who have that sort of business? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've probably done about 70 or 80 bounce house websites uh, through them, but uh, was there for about about a year and a half, I want to say. Um, and that really afforded me the ability to, uh, and I was building the business, the freelance business on the mm-hmm. side, you know, up until then. But there was times when uh, my boss, you know, I was working from home. My boss didn't really have, uh, you know, really 40 hours a week worth of work for me. So um, you know, I was able to kind of build the freelance side while I was doing this and, um, eventually was able to kind of, you know, build up this client base uh, through various means and just kind of went cold Turkey, gosh, six years to the date here, uh, to go hundred percent freelance. Gotcha. When you made the jump to full-time freelance, did you have enough client work to keep you afloat at that time? Or were you still trying to for lack of a better word, make it work as you're stepping out the door to go full time? You know, uh, hindsight, I, I would have wanted to have um, maybe a good five or six months of consistency uh, where, you know, you're covering expenses and more. But sure. I only had, if I remember right, a, a couple months uh, worth of that. Mm-hmm. And uh you're noticing this trend of irresponsible decisions, but, um, <laughs> I mean, they yeah, seem to have worked was, out for you. So. <laughs> it, it, it did. It did. Thankfully. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm grateful for that. But yeah, the, a couple months, uh, worth of, you know, just the freelance side that was covering those expenses and more. So I was like, you know what, I'll have these extra 25, 30 hours, um, mm-hmm. to drum up more business, market myself, get my SEO going in, in, in another way to, to another level and figured that I'd have that extra time to uh, kind of market and promote myself uh, mm-hmm. that I didn't have before. Sure. Um, as, yeah. as, you, as you're building things, how are you figuring out the business side of it? Because that's, I mean, in, yeah. when we're in school, that's not really something they teach a lot. They don't teach the business of design and the, you know, running your, how to run your own agency and right. things like that and how to, how to drum up work. I mean, like, yeah. like you said, thankfully your dad was in sales. So, you know, I'm sure there was a little osmosis that probably went on there of seeing how that worked, but <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would ask him questions and, um, he, he was a great uh, sounding board for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Really, yeah, I kind of had to learn that part that part of it on my own, though, for the most part. Um, you know, looking up, I, I was really interested in digital marketing and reading. Mm-hmm. I probably read up on those blogs and probably still do more than design, actually, these days uh, or just, you know, throughout my career, because it's always been intriguing to me mm-hmm. um, reading up on the pricings of psychology and SEO and uh, all these things that most people would think are super geeky, but I, I enjoy. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I started to read up on, uh, in particular, SEO. Um, mm-hmm. I know you've heard my story a little bit here, but I won't get too much into the SEO stuff. But um, pretty much that was, I, I found this site called Quicksprout. Um, this guy named Neil Patel, who's one of the mm-hmm. top digital marketers, online digital marketers in the world. And um Pretty much his website is like a, uh, a university course on all there is to know about digital marketing, whether it comes to SEO, getting backlinks, content marketing, email, you know, all this stuff. And so mm-hmm. um, it was really intriguing to me. And so it started out not like I, I was just reading up on this stuff, not thinking that it would really benefit my business. But um as I was working those low paying nine to fivers, when we just first <laughs> backing up, you know, first moved to Albuquerque, 
that's when I started in on some of the SEO work on my site and uh, started getting found in these search engines. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, long story short, those the clients started com- gradually coming in through that organic SEO. So getting you know found in a in a regular Google kind of local Google search result, and um, that's that's just kind of how I kind of brought in you know some of these clients, and sure. so. Um, yeah, that was that was a little bit of that side of things, but you, so, were you so talking you were more able, about the sales? You, well, yeah, I mean, but you were able to kind of build a, a lead funnel for yourself, where it was more inbound marketing than you having to go out and cold call and things like that. Am, am I right in understanding? Yes, that? yes, hundred percent. Yeah, gotcha. And, and I mean, aside from you know Neil Patel and the Quick Sprout stuff. What were some other resources that you were looking at that that helped you kind of wrap your head around best practices and how to implement that and yeah make sense of it from a creative person's brain? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Um, so really, the whole cliche "practice makes perfect" um, sure. <laughs> really rang true uh, because you know, when I first started out, it wasn't the most comfortable thing. I liked talking in person, one-on-ones, mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with that. Cause I, I am an introvert actually very much introverted. And so, mm-hmm. uh, I don't not necessarily like having the spotlight on me, but I don't mind those one-on-ones. So especially starting out I was in those one-on-one situations with these entrepreneurs and, um, started to learn, uh, what people responded to, uh, different tendencies, um, how to show my value to them, how to build out a website that, mm-hmm. um, you know, gave that social proof, um, you know, had a limited navigation, had minimal contact form, all these things that factor into, uh, you know, increasing those all important conversion rates. Uh, sure. I think, I think, um, too many designers, they use their website maybe as a way to, um, kind of say, hey, you know, if someone's looking at your service or talk, speaking with you, you can say, hey, check out my website. But I wanted the website to work for me sure. uh, type of thing. And I, I uh, you know, I want other designers can, to do that, too, because the impact it had for me. So, um, so, so more than just creating a portfolio site for you, you wanted a site that would generate yeah. traffic yeah. and generate connections and sales and hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, one, one really actionable thing that I did was, um, I started to notice, uh, cause at the beginning I wasn't hopping on a call with these clients and I would just kind of email them. It would be back and forth. And I was landing, gosh, at the beginning I was landing about probably around 20%. I've got a full case study on my blog about it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I started to hop on a call and, you know, with some of these clients that were maybe a little bit more, more old school in their thinking and wanted to, uh, wanted to chat and have a real person, uh, behind the brand. And so once I started doing that, I realized, wow, um, I'm landing a lot more clients when I'm able to speak with them in person, you know, sure. or whether it's a meeting or a phone call. And so I did a case study and I, I was landing, it was around 20% uh, email. And then, but if I was able to get them on a call, it was around 60, 61, 62%. So that That's came to like difference. 309% increase. So essentially yeah. trip, I tripled the revenue of the business. Uh, obviously, you know, just by that one little tweak, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that was, that was a little hack. That was like a, a happy hack there. Um, but, uh, Little things like, you know, your contact form. I know Neil Patel did this case study where he um, he had four fields on his contact form. And when he minimized down to three, that mm-hmm. went up, his conversion rates went up like 30% uh, as a result. So there's these little things, uh, you know, optimizing your, your, your website for, um, you know, if they land on it, it takes a long time for the page to load. Sure. Uh, there's been studies done where it's like 3% or, or three seconds or more and uh, 40% of your audience is going to leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's some of these like really geeky stuff, but it's, it really made an impact on, you know, conversion rates and bringing in, uh, you know, that customer base. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, especially today in today's market where everything that we do is immediate, Mm -hmm. whether it's going to a website or, you know, even watching TV with like TiVo and I'm dating myself saying TiVo because everybody has a D (laughs) it's just a DVR now, but you know, (laughs) you know, all of those things, it, it creates this sense of immediacy. So everything is on demand and the longer you have to wait for something, the less interested you become. So true. So true. Yeah. I mean, I, that. <laughs> I know I'm guilty of it. I don't know about you, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What do they say? Our attention span is now seven seconds. And I think a goldfish is, is eight what? seconds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that makes about sense. So our yeah. message has to come across fast, uh, yeah. you know, and as designers, I know uh, this podcast has a lot of, it's pretty designer heavy. Mm-hmm. So um, having, you know, some of your portfolio pages on that landing page or that home page, you know, for people to see right away, it doesn't have to be everything, but giving them a little bit of a snippet. Um, so they don't have to navigate to another page just to see your work. Uh, right. it needs to be a little bit of it needs to be there. You can have a, you know, portfolio page separate to that, of course, but, um, you know, people are going to bounce, you know, if, if, uh, they don't see what they want in in a short amount of time. Yeah. Well, I think it goes to try to give give your audience as much information up front as quickly as possible. Yeah. And then if they want to dive deeper, give them the opportunity to do that. Right, right. And you know this, but, you know, testimonials, case studies, mm-hmm. you know, adding that social proof, even, you know, clients that are, you know, more household names that you might have worked with along sure. the way. These are all things that add to that kind of trust and credibility. Um to an otherwise kind of robotic website, you can add this kind of human factor to it and, mm-hmm. and this credible uh, factor that makes people want to inquire. Yeah. So so as you're building things out and you're seeing things grow and you're learning more and more about the business side of it, when does, when does building out content that specifically speaks to your, to your audience become part of your game plan? That was it from the beginning, really. Oh, okay. Um, just just because um, I went about it a little bit of a different way, but yeah, that was that was huge for you know for SEO building out this this content marketing plan, um, and really I set up these directory listings around the country to help small business owners kind of find um, you know local printers in their area, and of course. Mm-hmm. You know, certain keywords that pop up and they would, they would reach out, um, you know, even though I didn't necessarily live in their city. So that was kind of how that started. Sure. Um, got the blog going too, but that's been on hold for a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's that really that content marketing thing uh, was was really what what, um, you know, really the biggest factor in being able to, you know, take it from you know, working these, these nine to fivers at full time to more of a freelance, uh, you know, full time freelance gig. Sure. As, as, as it's growing and becoming more and more successful, um, were there, were there certain things that you saw that weren't working for you versus were working for you? When it comes to marketing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, goodness. Yeah. I mean, especially starting out, um, there was like, there was one platform, um, that I built that was like, a, uh, and this goes against everything that I believe in now, which is it's just <laughs> like so funny, but I, I built this kind of ready-made logo store. Sure. And you know, that was a way to, to maybe, um, you know, clients that, that kind of didn't use some of these logos, they would be mm-hmm. able to uh, come in and get this logo really cheap. And, oh man, yeah, now I've got such a different perspective on it, of course. And there's, so you, so you were able to reuse elements that you had created that didn't get used by other clients. So well, I, that, logo, well, I tried. that logo graveyard that we all have. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's a real thing, but, uh, you know, it it really goes against you know everything that I stand for now when it comes to a logo. And I'm uh, glad to hear that. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, but uh, 
you know, it fizzled out. I wasn't completely passionate about it. And, you know, it makes sense that that fizzled sure. out. So that was, that was a, a, a failure. And uh, I even started this, this um, site called hoverboarder.com because I saw this boom in like these hoverboards and saw Google Trends was, mm-hmm. was, um, there was, there was big like SEO value there, it looked like at least. And um, I, I've never <laughs> ridden a hoverboard before. And, but I just kind of <laughs> randomly went for it and, uh, and that fizzled out. So, um, yeah, there's, there's been plenty of uh, misses along the way, that's for sure. Yeah, my my neighbor's kid had one of those hoverboards, and that convinced me I was never getting on one. It just, <laughs> I mean, it looked like a good way to break something on myself. <laughs> right, right. And you know, Jason, I I think to add to that, um, something that I've learned in the past few years here, more than anything, I think Creative South really attests to to this is is building genuine relationships. And when I say mm-hmm. genuine, not not thinking that you're going to get out, get something out of it, you know, in return necessarily, but just kind of build genuine relationships with like-minded designers, um, you know, entrepreneurs, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, if you give enough value, you'll get some back and there's, there's the power of reciprocation that, that factors in for sure. But, um, you know, you start out building, you you know, it's, it's the long game for sure. Sure. You, You want to, uh, build these genuine relationships and the more connections that you can make, um, you know, the more things that will kind of, um, you know, fall in your lap along the way. Yeah. Well, so let's touch, let's touch on that since you are an introvert and I'm, I'm kind of an introvert as well. Okay. You know, okay. when building those relationships, you know, it can be tough for people like us because a lot of times there comes a bit of social anxiety and, yeah. you know, especially like at conferences and things like that, you can get overwhelmed really easily, really quickly, and you need to separate yourself and recharge. What were some, some tools that you used for yourself to push through that and you use what might be considered the weakness in introversion as a strength? Yeah. Oh, that is a great question, by the way. Um, I would say that it really was this idea of pushing through, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, and changing my mindset to, okay, so like at Creative South, we'll use that example. Sure. Um, I didn't really know, know anybody that was going there. I didn't have any, you know, friendships kind of lined up and saying, Hey, you're going to be there. There's none of that. You know, I kind of went in a little blind and, um, you know, did the whole logo wave live thing and thought, Oh, maybe I'll make some connections through that. But, um, you know, we're at the bridge party. I remember just like standing there, I was watching all these things go on. I'm walking around and you don't want to almost like come up awkwardly to someone and say, Hey, I'm Kyle. Nice to meet you type of thing. But yeah, you almost have to, you know, because you, you want the, you want to get some, some value out of it and you want to build these relationships. And these are, like-minded people that, um, you know, you could eventually develop these friendships with. So it's almost thinking a little bit more, uh, ahead, um, mm-hmm. and, and pushing through, you know, whatever anxiety, uh, cause I, I have it too, you know, whatever anxiety might've been there to just push through and, um, start making introductions. <laughs> so that's, that's exactly what I did. And, sure. uh, you know, Logo Wave Live was really helpful with that too, because innately people would come through. Uh, and for people that weren't aren't aware of that, it was pretty much a logo uh, competition where people would design a logo mm-hmm. off a creative brief for you know an hour and a half, and there's prizes and things, which is a little bit different than the online structure. But sure. we won't go into all that. <laughs> um, but yeah, people would come through and. Um, you know, they would kind of introduce themselves or I, they would be like, Oh, what's going on here? And that was a really natural way to kind of start those conversations. So I was grateful for logo wave and that fact where it kind of really helped, um, more organically, um, you know, start <laughs> talking to people and eventually met good guys like Daryl and, uh, yeah. Daryl Pinnock and, and Kelly Johnson. And I just had them over for, uh, this is three years later after meeting them had just mm-hmm. had them and their families over for the weekend last weekend. So, oh, that's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For for a long weekend there. So it's amazing how these things can happen. And uh, those guys are, you know, I consider two of my best friends now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, it's 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 funny because you know with Logo Wave it almost, and this is gonna sound not the right term, but it, it it's almost like when you're at an event, that's almost like an inbound marketing thing <laughs> there for for people to come up and talk to you, so you can you know, yeah, not have to get so far out of your comfort zone and you know do that hi i'm kyle sort of thing (laughs) exactly exactly i'm curious from your perspective first first year you went to creative south did you have some relationships built already or was it um i'm jason (laughs) what first year i went i mean it was my wife and i so obviously that you know at least i wasn't you know there by myself um i knew diane gibbs um, from the design recharge show and, you know, we live in the same town and all, um, but we have never met in person at that point, hmm. you know, even though we live 15 minutes from each other. Okay. Um, so, so I knew her, um, and I mean, you've met Diane, you've been on her show, you know, she never meets a stranger. So she introduced <laughs> me to a ton of people and I was, I mean, my wife and I were still kind of wallflowery a little bit the first year. The second year, we opened up a lot more. There were some people there from our local AIGA chapter um, who it was their first year. So we were able to show them around. And we had made connections at that point um, with some people that we'd met and some people we'd met online who had been. And it it really just kind of grew from there. And then, you know, I started doing the podcast. And that was my kind of inbound marketing where people okay. started coming up to me. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's you great. Know, yeah. That, I it, love that. it worked out well. So, cause I, I, I feel completely awkward when I have to go up and introduce myself <laughs> to someone. I just, it is yeah. the, one of the most uncomfortable things in the world for me, which I mean, and that's part of the reason, like I started this podcast is to force myself out of my comfort zone to yeah. actually engage with people and talk to other people and yeah. get over that. Yeah. yeah. Have you found that it's just been easier and easier as you go along here? Uh, yeah, for to, the most part. I still if 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 I'm flying solo somewhere, yeah. I still tend to be a little more quiet, a little more reserved and do that. But if if I'm if I'm with somebody else, um I tend to open up a little bit more and I'm I'm kind of now the person introducing people and I love things that. like that. So that, <laughs> it's fun. It's it just, I mean, it's all, everything is situational, of course, but yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's made things a lot easier and it's made me a lot less uncomfortable um, yeah. talking to people I've never met before. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so as you know, since you touched on logo wave, let, let's go ahead and just kind of jump over to that and, you know, make a hard left and, <laughs> and and talk about for people who aren't familiar with logo wave kind of explain um explain what it is and we'll 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 go from there yeah of course um so logo wave awards is a online uh platform it's uh it's a logo awards platform that uh, seeks to really recognize and give uh, additional exposure to um branding and identity designers and agencies around the world. Um, Really, we are, the goal here is to add uh, extra value and credibility uh, to our design services, uh, Mm -hmm. or if it's a student to your resume, uh, if it's an established agency, uh, you get some cool awards and you're, um, you know, kind of, uh, you know, encouraged, which it's a, it's a very thankless job at times, like a lot of other jobs, but, um, sure. you know, we, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of the, the mission uh, behind it and, and kind of, uh, the vision and kind of value add, uh, behind logo wave, but, um, yeah, how it's kind of, how it kind of works is that's, that's one of the main questions I get, of course, is, yeah. uh, it's called logo wave. So these, um, these, I guess, segments um, come in, you know, waves of a max of a right now it's um, max 100 designers per wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are whether it's designers or agencies, it's a, it goes to a max of 100. 
Um, there's an entry fee, just like any other design awards platform. We, we tend to be a really prize heavy, uh, wallet friendly solution. And mm-hmm. that's, that's really what I was, uh, trying to, uh, fill the gap. I think that there is in, in the market, um, you know, with, with some of these design awards sites, um, I don't want to talk bad about any anyone, of course, and I know there's a lot of great uh, great sites out there that are doing some awesome things, uh, mm-hmm. like How Design, for instance, and um, you know some others. But um, yeah, I I really wanted to create a an easier to use, uh, kind of fun, exciting uh, platform that um, that really does add value and credibility one that's really uh, eventually is high profile enough that um, that these agencies really do want to hop on board and not, not just Mm -hmm. some of the freelancers and independents. And we've kind of seen that over time as it's become, as it's grown in awareness. Uh, There's plenty that still don't know about it. uh, Sure. There's always going to be that. I mean, it's, Oh, sure. Well, that's, that's my (laughs) fault. If you know, I I need to, to market it that much better if, uh, if that's the case, but uh, sure. June of 2016 is when, when we kind of, uh, kind of launched, you know, the kind of beta version of it and, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of, you know, test the idea, uh, you know, kind of doing some idea, you know, validation there and, and seeing, okay, you know, will these, will these designers kind of respond, uh, mm-hmm. to, to a platform like this? And is there, actually a need. And, uh, I didn't really know, you know, to be honest, uh, I didn't do a ton of due diligence in the fact that, you know, I probably <laughs> could have done more surveying and, and asking more people about it, but I just sure. kind of went headstrong. My wife, I always pitch these ideas to her and this is one of the few that she's like, you know what, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she's not, um, she's, uh, so supportive and loving and awesome. And she's not, I'm, I'm blessed that she's not afraid to say, Oh, I don't, I don't know about that one. Did you think about this or this? And sure. And so she's got a very creative mind and an analytical mind too, which mm-hmm. I think is rare. So, um, but anyway, you know, this one stuck, uh, and it kind of hit on a lot of points for me. Like you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Right. And sure. so I'm super passionate about logo design. Um, I, I love encouraging people and building them up. That's just kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's selfish really because it makes me feel good. But like, I, I like, I like really, you know, encouraging people and, you know, I'm a, I'm a mentor and I, you know, help people on this platform called Rookie Up. And, um, so I, I like helping people and encouraging them. So that it checked off, checked off that second box. And then, um, you know, the third box was the market. I really thought that there would be a market for this and, and that people could, really get some value out of it. So, um, yeah, so going back to it, um, hundred designers, uh, per wave, once the wave ends, um, another one starts, so it's continuous, but once that, that, that wave ends, we have a jury, um, and really our jury gets the most chatter of anything. You know, we've got a thousand dollar prize to first place, We've got uh, trophies now to first, second, and third place that are custom made. Um, and we've got certificates, digital bad set. We'll highlight you on social media and all these other networks and things like that. But uh, man, uh, you know, the most chatter probably goes to the jury because, sure. um, you know, it is pretty credible with, with names like David Airy, Alina Wheeler. We just brought on Luis Feli, mm-hmm. uh, Jacob Cass, uh, Ian Pageant. Um, Bill Gardner from Logo Lounge, as you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, for a uh, kind of a baby platform that's uh, still pretty new, uh, mm-hmm. I think that was something that really helped was the credibility of the jury because, um, you know, especially designers, including myself, tend to be maybe a little bit more skeptical than others. Right. Sure. And sure. And so, um, you have to, you have to kind of prove yourself and make sure that that credibility is there. So I knew that was, you know, a huge factor in all this and thankfully was able to, um, you know, uh, land some of these awesome judges that are influencers in the industry. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. How did you get connected with the people who are on the jury? Oh man. So I have known Ian Pageant, AKA Logo Geek, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Jacob Cass, we've been friends for, 
gosh, probably about four or five years now. And mm-hmm. we've had this ongoing, like this text thread that we have going is pretty massive by now. <laughs> and so that text, <laughs> sorry, an email thread sure. uh, that we just go back and forth. I was about forth. to say, you get kind of expensive uh, texting with Ian. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, geez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, we've become, you know, we've become uh, really good friends over the years. We're you know, a lot of it's just talking about, you know, our families and how we're doing and life mm-hmm. stuff, but, um, you know, some design of course. And, you know, I kind of mentioned this idea to them and see if they wanted to come on board to be mm-hmm. a jury member. They're like right away. We're like, yes. And, um, eventually made an introduction. Jacob made an introduction to David Airy. Okay. Um, and gosh, uh, David's just been amazing. Uh, we, um, we've been kind of going back and forth for a while and we, we talk about kids and all this stuff and life stuff. And sure. He's become a very, very good friend to the point where he was like, man, you need to come to, to Northern Ireland and, and visit. And, you know, um, so that's nice to have an invitation to take to him up on that. <laughs> Got to, right. Take the whole uh, family. <laughs> I actually invited him to creative South and he, I think he's considering it, uh, maybe coming over at, at some point uh, to creative South. At oh. that point, you almost have to make him a speaker though. Right. I, I would, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I will tell Mike about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny cause Ian and I were chatting and, and, uh, when David came on season one of the mm. Logo Geek podcast, and um, you know, I've, Ian had me on that season as well. But like David uh, came on, and Ian was like, "Kyle, David told me that that's the first time he's ever been on a podcast before." <laughs> so he Seriously? he really, I think, um, you know, he didn't for a while. There just doesn't want to put himself out there, you know, too much. Obviously, he's got. Gosh, I think between his his uh, few sites there, he's got one million, uh, not yearly but monthly visitors to his websites. Dear Lord! And obviously wrote wrote these amazing books like Logo mm-hmm. Design Love and Work for Money Design for Love and recently ID. Um, but yeah, long story short, that's kind of how how David came about, and that's become a really really awesome friendship. Uh, Alina Wheeler, uh, Ian had Alina, uh, you know on on uh you know his podcast and mm-hmm. and it's like man I, I you know i love her her books and um you know would love he made a connection there and so sure. she was like yes um bill you know through logo lounge and actually creative south we chatted yeah, yeah. there um so yeah louise philly was through ian as well so yeah just kind of you know referrals are, are a beautiful thing and it, it really does help kind of bridge that gap between uh, slimy salesmen and, oh, you know, I want to talk to you. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's kind of yeah. how, how the jury came about. Yeah. It's, a, it's always, it's always nice to have somebody make introductions for you. It makes, <laughs> it makes the job a lot easier. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I tell you what, Louise is someone I would love to get on the podcast just to talk about all the restaurants she's done and stuff. Oh, okay. Just to pick yeah. her brain. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I'd be happy to make an intro if you, if you like. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that afterwards. Okay, let's. Try. Um, <laughs> yeah. So so logo geek or logo geek logo wave. You know, it it goes in the waves of hundred desire oh, right. designer yes, submissions yes. for logos. Um, and then how long does the how long does the wave last? Yeah, it's a good question. So. Um, it it depends obviously on how how many designers upload sure, sure. you know in a certain amount of time and that's actually what makes us distinct from the rest usually there's like early bird pricing and regular and then there's a cutoff and then you have to wait a full year for a lot mm. of these design awards platforms and um, I guess that's that's one of our main differentiators is sure. it's about three three months give or take. Uh, for each wave to end and then okay. another one begins. So about four waves and man, we've got people coming in on a regular basis and they want to enter in, every, you know, all these different waves. And it's kind of fun seeing the, um, the, the repeats and mm-hmm. um, you know, not just kind of these people that are just, you know, one off, one off designers here, there, there are some of those, but you know, people have really taken to the brand and um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thankful for that, but uh, yeah. So the jury uh, picks uh, the top five uh, from 
you know, based on, you know, there's context given, their logos uploaded and the jury goes to the jury. Usually takes a couple of weeks for the jury to um, all of those, um, you know, deliberations to come back. Uh, I kind of compile those things and mm-hmm. um, we uh, kind of move from there to where, you know, we pick the top five. Like I said, first place gets a thousand bucks and a trophy. Uh, second and third get get a trophy. Uh, the top five all get certificates, digital pad set, and uh, added expo- exposure in our in our networks. And mm-hmm. um, so that is kind of you know the value add behind it is you know uh, number one being judged by some of the top top design influencers, uh, not including myself in in the <laughs> in the world. Uh, and um, and then you know some of these prizes and things, and uh, you know really. I want to, and I've, I've seen testimonials with this. I want mm-hmm. to help designers and, and agencies level up their services to where they can land more, more design gigs. Uh, they can um, nab more qualified uh, clients along mm-hmm. the way because of the value add. And then number three is uh, being able to raise those rates. Because uh, the more, as you know, the more influx of value that we have in our services, the, the more flexibility that we have to increase those, those rates. And, um, you know, so that's, that's what, what we're looking to do. And, uh, it's, it's been fun, a fun journey. Yeah. And I, I really love the mission that, that you have a mission behind it other than just, you know, letting people show off their logos that it's really, it's more of a mission to elevate design. And, and elevate designers and 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 that you've kept it at an affordable rate that you know people can not break the bank not spend you know i don't even remember what, the last time i looked at how but it's like you know a couple hundred bucks each time and it's you know for every submission you add on to that and it's it's just it gets re- it the pricing gets ridiculous and it prices you out of being able to do it unless, unless you are a big agency where it's, yeah. you know, you've got to do that. Right. Right. And our, our rates, by the way, are between that 32 and $49, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how many. So you get a price break if you uh, decide to upload more, more okay. than one. So that's, that's kind of the range here, which I think is, I think is the cheapest uh, out there. One of the cheapest that I've seen. So, or most, most affordable. So best yeah, I appreciate it. I, I, I'm glad. Yeah. Best value. Yeah. <laughs> cheapest. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I appreciate your, your feedback there actually. Cause it's, it's nice to know that that kind of comes through a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I mean, because you know, a lot of them, it's just, it's an award. It's another shingle that we get to hang on there. It's, <laughs> you know, but yours, it does not come across that way. You you can tell it. I don't know how to explain it. It has a very personal feel to it. So that's, that's the nice part about it. And that's not me blowing smoke up your butt either. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate that. And, you know, I, one thing I wanted to say too, was that, uh, we've had a lot of inquiries from students and mm-hmm. saying, Hey, cause, cause a lot of the, these design award sites do separate that out from, from the like, sure. professionals quote unquote to, to students. And, um, I, I, I've been working on an idea, um, and like the brand, this, this is, you'll hear it here first, right? Yeah. <laughs> But uh, this is very new, and I've, I haven't really talked to anybody anybody about this. It's it's very uh, very beta right now. But I am rolling out this idea where I'm going to partner with. So instead of just having like a student wave on the site, which it might just be like that uh, eventually, sure. um, I'm actually going to partner with colleges and universities uh, and their art departments to. Uh, add some excitement to that art department with this uh, this competition that I'm going to integrate into the curriculum, actually. Oh, wow. And um, so, yeah, there's big plans for the student side of this. And I've always had a, uh, gosh, you know, I, yeah, I mentioned that I mentor, uh, you know, some mm. designers and help them reach their creative business goals. And, you know, I help students too. And that's been really, if I would do one thing, that's probably what I would do, but it doesn't make you know a lot of money, obviously. So <laughs> sure. If, if money wasn't an object, then you <laughs> right. didn't, you that's, know, have that's bills what I would pay. do. Yeah. Yeah. 
hundred percent. So I'm really passionate about it, and um, you know, I'm I'm excited what this will look like. But um, the students will have um, the have these waves within the classroom. I'll give mm-hmm. them a, a mock kind of creative brief to go by, and uh, the professor will be on the jury. Me and I know Ian said that he would help with something like this and mm-hmm. get a couple other of the. Uh, more, you know, uh, some of these jury members that we currently have to hop on uh, for some of these extra student waves. And, um, you know, I'll give a trophy to the first place uh, winner. Well, you know, it'll, it'll be judged just like the online platform. And uh, we'll give a trophy, um, you know, some added exposure online. And uh, these, this designer who wins will be able to put that on their resume and, uh, you know, that's, that's huge, you know, leaving the university structure oh, yeah. and having something like this where you've been affirmed by, you know, some of the, the, the top designers our industry has to offer. Mm-hmm. And if they see that, then um, that, that's a win, you know, and that's, that's a value add. So the, I think the universities, uh, you know, this is very, very early, right? But sure. I think the universities will take to it just because we have an aligned goal on helping these students mm-hmm. uh, land that that uh, job or even dream job just out of college, out of design school. Um, and uh, yeah, this, it adds that encouragement too and building them up and, and gaining that confidence, which I think is, is an undersold thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's what I'm looking to do. That that's awesome. That's that's I think that's a good way for them to get an idea of how client work goes in the real world too. That there's I think there's a lot of ways that you can build that up and make that uh, a lot of fun for students. So I'm interested to see how that ends up coming together. <laughs> cool. And uh, we'll we'll get this on recording, but the first person that I'll probably be reaching out to is uh, Miss Diane Gibbs, of course, uh, to, <laughs> to get her get her take on this. And I, I have no clue how some of this is structured, so I, I really have to sure uh, figure everything out. And, yeah, yeah. See if see if she. I feel like she would just say, "Oh, that's awesome, Kyle." No matter what, but I, <laughs> after that, I would have to say, "Okay, Diane, you got to get serious with me now. <laughs> like, is this is this legit? You think this would work?" So mm-hmm. um, I'll just put it in her hands so I can blame her if it goes south. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> blame Diane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we're we're getting kind of close to our time, but I, I want to wrap things up real quick um, by talking about the mentoring and, and how that kind of came about for you. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned Rookie Up. I'm a big fan. It's RookieUp.com. I'm not an affiliate, just a believer. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, the guy, uh, so Alec, uh, Alec McGuffey, I believe is his last name. Uh, is running things over there. And we just happened to start, like I started Logo Wave about the same same time he started Rookie Up. And he reached out to me on Twitter mm-hmm. initially and um, was like, hey, you know, I saw you're, you know, um, saying some things about design on your profile and and uh, would love for you to kind of hop on board with us here and, and be one of our, our mentors. So, mm-hmm. um very quickly realized like, man, this is the platform for me. And, um, you know, it's, it's a really awesome thing. There's a lot of UI UX, um, you know, on there, but a lot of, you know, Mm -hmm. branding, visual design, that sort of thing. Uh, and really where I feel like I can give the most value to, to designers and, uh, you know, help them in their creative journey is, uh, you know, how, how do I really build, uh, you know, a freelance business so I can go 100% freelance and and ditch that that job that I don't really like anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one. And then, you know, portfolio critiques, um, you know, the business and sales side, you made mention to this before that as creatives, we sometimes don't maybe have that side of the brain. And it's definitely a learned thing that we sure. have to uh, kind of develop. So uh, that's another kind of side of it that I think I can add value. And then just kind of the, the day-to-day stuff, even when it comes to like dealing with clients, stressors, uh, even like things like pricing, um, you know, it's, that's been uh, such a fulfilling thing for me um, at being able to, you know, help these designers in a really, um, in a way that I can give, you know, actionable, practical advice. Cause there's, there's a lot, you know, this uh, full well, there's, 
there's way too many blogs out there that are giving such general advice you know, <laughs> or not good saying, advice. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They're all saying the same thing though, you know, and, um, I, I tend to be someone that, you know, I, I learn the best way through like step by step, but I think a lot of others do. So like, I'd rather, I'd much rather see a post that says, okay, um, here are the steps that I took in order to go hundred percent freelance instead of, uh, here are some things that you can learn uh, to, you know, it, here's it, how I made $10 million and you can too. <laughs> and you can't. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So the, yeah those ones set off red flags with me right away. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, we're, there's, there's more savvy consumers out there in this digital age, right? We, mm-hmm. um, I don't think we take uh, consumers and businesses for that matter. Uh, I think, we take it for granted how cerebral and um, and heady people are uh, before they kind of move on something. Uh, sure. That's a completely different different conversation. <laughs> it, uh, that is a very different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we could do a whole episode on just that. <laughs> there we go. Get it set. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, I've I love that platform. I highly recommend it, and um, you know I'm, I'm thankful that I've been able to kind of chat with some of these designers and. Really, the last thing I'll say about it is I I really want to have this collaborative mindset. Even I don't want mm. this to be like I'm the mentor, you're the mentee. And even though I might have a little bit more knowledge on certain things and life experience, I want it to be a back and forth. You know, we're yeah. we're learning from each other. Like the t- the second that I that I stop learning um, is the second that I'm too big for my britches, right? And yep. so. Uh, I'm learning along the way here too, and can can learn from you know experienced designers, you know, to to students and and everybody in between. So. Mm-hmm. No, that 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 is a that is a very good point to make. That you know you've got to keep learning yourself to be able to teach. Yes. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So so real quick, let's 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 do some rapid fire questions, and then I will set you free into the wild. Um, so we haven't, we haven't really touched much on food, but let, let's dive into it. Um, you ready? I'm ready. All right. (laughs) What is like your earliest food memory? Oh my goodness. My earliest food memory. Okay. Um, elementary school going out to pizza hut with my dad. Sometimes he would take me uh, take me to lunch. And, mm-hmm. um, I remember eating an entire large pizza, two Hawaiian punches and probably about five or six breadsticks. And, uh, Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> so that was memorable just cause like it was a special moment with my dad and, and I ate so much <laughs> and I, he was really impressed by it. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm sure your mom may not have been real happy with him that day because you probably weren't <laughs> feeling great later that night <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know how much my mom uh, would have found out about that so, <laughs> so, that's, so uh, that's the earliest memory i think <laughs> yeah what um what, what's kind of your go-to comfort food okay uh go-to comfort food would be whew, yeah. I have I have very expensive tastes. Like surf and turf is is amazing, but I don't uh-huh. get to have it very often. So I I think comfort food is more something you can have more regularly. Yeah, it's that maybe. guilty pleasure kind of yeah. thing. Like you've had a yeah, crappy yeah. day and you just want to dive into something. Yeah, so man, my we I have this recipe from my mom. She makes this probably the meanest mac and cheese you'll ever have. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And so that's probably it. That mac and cheese. That's, that's the kicker for me. I can get behind <laughs> that. I can get behind that. <laughs> um, that. Yeah. What is, what is your death row meal? Like that last meal that you can have. Uh, it, it cannot be the mac and cheese though. It can't be the same thing. That's the only caveat. Oh, okay. All right. Sounds good. So I would say, I would say a filet mignon. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like garlic mashed potatoes, Caesar, a chicken Caesar salad and, and a couple IBC root beers and I'll be set. I can get behind that. 
<laughs> I haven't had Sounds a good, good IBC root beer in a while. I'm gonna have to go so, buy some. I'm gonna have to go buy some this weekend. There we go. There we go. My, <laughs> My kids yeah. will be very happy. They love root beer. If, if you want to remember this next time when we're at Creative South next year, uh, if we end up you know going out for lunch, just to remember some of these things, right? <laughs> I, w- I will keep that in mind. The IBC root beer may be the only thing in my budget, though. <laughs> <laughs> you said, I mean, I didn't have to pay. I'm on death row, right? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you never end up on death row. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yeah. And then one last question for you, since we've been talking about branding a bit and all that. If you could design a logo for one restaurant, what restaurant would it be? Like, I'm thinking chain restaurant here. This is a new question I've never asked before. Hmm. I've never gotten that either. Wow. You're putting me on the spot today, Jason. Yeah. This is good. (laughs) I would say, wow, wow. Do you, are you saying that a, a company or a restaurant chain that needs a new logo design or sure. just for yeah, the... Let, 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 let's go with okay. like just one of the big box chain restaurants that you know might have a terrible um, logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, this is kind of strange because uh, I... Uh, yeah, I, I would say Chick-fil-A. Um, okay. I love partaking of Chick-fil-A, but when I see that logo, that C, um, it's just, it's way too big and it, it's, it's not as versatile as it could be. Nope. Um, so yeah, I, I'm look I'm always looking at that thing like, oh man, I just wish that they would just bring down that C and even update the, the hand lettering a little bit to, yeah. um, yeah, it's a little, little uh, all over the place. So yeah, yeah, that's that's what I would say. I I, I, lo- I love Chick Fil A, so that that pains me to say that too, to say something mean about them. But their their <laughs> their logo could use some help. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly, I think they are probably going getting ready to do um a big rebrand. I have are they really? I have seen them hiring for a ton of branding and design positions lately oh okay yeah so yeah on linkedin it's all over the place so wow okay so i have a feeling that they're gearing up for something because i mean they're they've been hiring like creative director multiple creative director roles branding um design roles um packaging design things so okay and you have you have chick-fil-a out there in georgia right Yeah, yeah yeah okay okay yeah yeah. Chick-fil-A is from Georgia. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. It wow. started in the wow. Atlanta area. So No way. Crazy. Yep. Little yep. fun fact so, since we're cool. still on food and this is yeah. Feasting well, of Kyle, Design. Go ahead. Oh, one, one last thing. No, so go ahead. Go ahead. My mom, yes. <laughs> my mom worked at the first Wendy's. So Wendy's is based out of Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And she worked at the... First Wendy's ever established next to Wendy's sister. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's that's a fun fact of the day. I don't know why they chose Wendy's name instead of this this other girl's name. So that's that's kind of a politics thing that, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm that. sure there was some family feuding that <laughs> may have gone They had to choose one there. of them, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there, there's, a, there's a feasting of design uh, fun fact huh. there. That is a cool fun fact. Well, Kyle, um, real quickly before I let you go, where can people find you online? Uh, yeah, so uh, courtwrightdesign.com is my freelance uh, you know, um, design site there. So C-O-U-R-T and then the word right, R-I-D-H-T, design.com. Um, LogoWave is mylogowave.com. Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter you know, Facebook, Instagram, uh, dribble all under mylogowave.com. And then, um, on Twitter for the freelance side, it's K court design. Mm-hmm. Um, got that really early. So it didn't have the consistency there. And then the rest <laughs> of them are, are court right design. Sure. Yeah. Kyle, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me tonight. Really enjoyed chatting with you and catching up. Oh, I enjoyed it too. Thanks so much for having me on, Jason. This has been a lot of fun and uh, excited to to see 
I mean, all these, all these uh, guys that you have coming on here. I saw Chris Doe and all these yeah. amazing, amazing design influencers. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You're delivering some awesome value. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, <laughs> go out and break some bread. All right. Good deal. <laughs> Thanks, man. Take care. You can find out more about Kyle on Twitter at KCourt Design. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes for more ways to keep up with him. I hope you like this episode of Feasting on Design. Let me know what you think. And if you like it, leave me a review over on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit FeastingOnDesign.com to catch up on the archives of the Creative South podcast. Get some cool swag like t-shirts and stickers that are on sale right now for 50% off with free shipping on orders over $25 when you use the code free shipping, all one word. Plus, you can keep up with the podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Feast on Design. And I'm at Jay Frostholm on Dribble, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs>